It's needless to say that 2020 was a tough year for many, including our guests at least initially. So I want to know how he went from losing his job as a chef to going viral cooking on TikTok. All this and more coming up right now. Welcome to the Influencer Green Room, where influencers get real about audience growth, brand deals, and the business of being an influencer. It all happens right here inside the Influencer Green Room. And welcome to another episode of the Influencer Green Room. My name is Benji Travis. I've been a YouTuber making a living on social media for the last 10 plus years, co-authored the best-selling book, YouTube Secrets, and now an influencer coach on my channel, Video Influencers. And I'm excited to get into today's conversation. We're talking to Matt Bruchard of A Cook Named Matt. And on YouTube, 250,000 subscribers, 20 million views. Instagram, he's killing it with 440,000 followers. And in TikTok, which I'm very, very like new to, I mean, it's been around 4.4 billion views. That is ridiculous. And as if that wasn't enough, I was saying how significant I think TikTok is and underrated creators on that platform are there were some TikTokers in Super Bowl commercials. And then you tell me you were on a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, that Miley Cyrus uh, tailgate thing, man. Okay, that's yeah. so crazy for that anybody <laughs> listening. That is so significant. And this is what I love about Matt. He's a very humble guy. He came here to the studio uh, to be on the show and talk about this. But literally, to be in a Super Bowl commercial is usually like the pinnacle of most people's uh, like career or business or uh, when it when you're famous, right? But you're just at the beginning of your journey, which is pretty crazy. And I told you, I believe that uh, this is the beginning of the next decade of your life and you're going to continue to get billions of more views. And we're going to be talking about everything from TikTok to YouTube. But l- just take me back like even one or two years ago, mm-hmm. right? 2020 though, man. Like, yeah. Because like I said, I was in the restaurants, that's, yeah. That was my main thing. I've been in restaurants for 12 plus years, um, even like right out of high school. I went to culinary school, which if you guys are thinking about going to culinary school, I would recommend go work in a restaurant first. Um, but yeah, uh, it was working for Tom mainly. Tom Douglas, which Tom is Douglas. our local Seattle celebrity chef. And while doing that, you know, just working on all the content, yeah. which was a lot of time because uh you know i'd be in the Mm walk-in like trying to edit sometimes and trying to respond to emails like sometimes taking brand deals um just like no sleep really it was it was tough Uh, i don't know how i did that because i just can't imagine doing that now yeah and if anybody is listening doesn't know what a walk-in is you know when you work in a commercial kitchen their fridge, their freezers, fridges are so big you can walk in them. Mm-hmm. And so, being a chef is a grind already. It usually is way more than forty hours a week, right? Yeah. And so, why I love that story is because a lot of people can relate. They've got a job, they've mm-hmm. got a career, they own a business, but they want to start building their influence. And that that's what I love about uh, meeting people, people like you that have went through that recently because you show that it's possible. So, but how did you actually do it? I know it was a grind, but were there some things that, you know, you applied during that time that helped you create content and build an influence while working full time? Yeah. So while working full time, I would do as much as I can. Like I would go live on Instagram and put it right next to the line and just show our service, uh, you know, take photos every day of the new dishes. Cause we printed our menus yep. daily, 
just as much content as possible because I was in a kitchen. So that was a plus for me, you know? Yeah. That's free content right totally. there. And what was the inspiration for even creating the content? Like, why did you even want to, I guess, build an influence? Were you trying to build an influence or no. were you just having fun? I was mainly just having fun. I wanted to just like share all the stuff I was learning yeah. in the kitchens. Yeah. Uh, I've had a YouTube channel probably since I was in high school. Crazy. What yeah. year was that? Uh, 2011. Okay. Yeah. So 10 years. Yeah. 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 But, uh, just this year it started to grow. I, I mean, I kind of owe it to that creator on the rise thing that helped a lot. What year was that, that you hit that creator on the rise? Yeah. 2020. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. Dang. Just so recently. Yeah. That was wild. You know, you just get that email saying creator on the rise and then all your stuff just goes on that shelf for the day. And, yeah. uh, it just explodes. 2011, you're uploading content to YouTube. Nothing's really happening. 2019, is that when you started getting more serious about uploading content? And what platform would you say is like where you really, uh, you know, doubled down? I would say 2016, 2017. Okay, yeah. I was getting more serious about uploading on YouTube and Instagram. It was mainly Instagram, though. Okay. Uh, I think I accrued like up to 30K following yeah. on there. Yeah. And, uh, that's when I would talk to Byron a lot. Yeah. And uh, I moved out there to LA to work with him as his yeah. filmer and yeah. editor. And, and Byron Talbot, for anybody listening, <clears throat> is actually a friend of mine, but he's a YouTuber that has amazing recipe mm -hmm. videos. In fact, you know, back then it was kind of uh, a whole new standard DSLRs, yeah. clean shots, great natural lighting. I mean, like it, it was pretty masterful. So that was quite an experience. How was that for you? Like in terms yeah, of that was like, a great learning experience, I got to say, just like learning what he does, like as a YouTuber himself, like he's the one like that's doing it. He's living yeah. it. Right. So yeah. me as a cook, I get to see this going on because it's always a mystery. Yeah. Like a lot of people, they wonder what it is, what it is that people do on YouTube. Like, yeah. Uh, just like the other day, someone asked me, like, how do you make money with this? Yeah, you know, yeah. Just, there's a lot of mystery that I would like to help uncover yeah. to chefs and stuff to show them that this is possible. Yeah. You know, because I know a lot of them right now are trying to make videos to yeah. get into this scene because obviously the Rona changed everything <laughs> for the restaurants. For sure. What was the takeaways that made all the difference or what were the things that you learned that you applied that help you to create better content maybe, or just start building more of an influence? Just seeing his workflow. Yeah. Like even just using Final Cut, just yeah. simple things like that. That's what really taught me. And also like learning to use the multiple angles like mm -hmm. he does. Like these were all just things I was learning. I didn't even really know yeah. how to use a camera much, yeah. you know? Negotiating brand deals. He yeah, showed yeah, me yeah. that too. That's um, cool. So it was a great learning experience. Very thankful for that. Um, we also started doing pop-up dinners. But, yeah. I mean, I've been doing pop-ups since I moved to Seattle, probably like 50. Like yeah, that's yeah. why I got that tag at 30 under 30 with the pop-up dinners because um, I just did so many. That's awesome. And by the way, Matt offered to cook for me and my family yeah. way back then. And he said he'd still honor it, even though he's a celebrity now and probably super <laughs> Anytime, busy. Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. But I also respect the fact that you are busy because the last 12 months have been pretty crazy. And so mm -hmm. the Super Bowl commercial doesn't just land on anybody's lap. So take us to the beginning of 2020, right? What were you doing? like in January and February compared to the rest of the year because that's what's really interesting and also how it's affected your YouTube channel yeah January February in the restaurants in the restaurants till March they shut down and then uh, basically lost the job but I took a new job 
with a company called Spiceology. They're a great company that makes spices, yeah. and uh, I actually have my flaky salts with them now. Yeah, yeah. I'm a partner with them. Uh, I took the job to be their, basically their chef, test kitchen chef, making videos. Yeah. And uh, during that time, it was my job to make videos. So that was my chance to yeah. just keep like pushing all this stuff on all my pages. And I saw the TikTok thing. Yeah. And just like you were saying earlier with um, shorts, I saw it like an, as an opportunity, like yeah. it's going to be fucking huge. So uh, I just started going in like six to eight times a day on TikTok starting around March. And then from there, I think it got to like a million in three weeks. Wow. Uh, it was just from cutting an onion. Yeah, yeah. So I just started cutting stuff. Yeah. Uh, like the most random thing. And I've actually yeah. thought about this. I have an onion cooking, <clears throat> uh, onion cutting video on YouTube. And it was because I, I thought, you know, everyone's trying to do these grand recipes. Mm -hmm. But I remember when I first started cooking, like even just cutting something as basic as an onion would probably be really helpful. Mm -hmm. What's interesting with TikTok people probably just overthink it. They think they need to do a dance or get on a viral challenge and you're literally just cutting an onion, Yeah, right? Exactly. And so one thing I want to uh, uh, say is, okay, so you're working in the restaurant industry, which obviously around March basically got shut down, right? Mm -hmm. Tom Douglas, just like any other owners, letting people go. Yep. You get this opportunity to work out at work with Spiceology, a company, right? Yep. To create content really out of necessity, would you say, because you didn't have a job. Exactly. Right. And then out of that, you saw this opportunity to not only create content for a job, but also to create content for yourself. And so TikTok was a place you kind of doubled down. You you cut some onions up. What happens next? I mean, not only was it my job, it was the first time ever that I get to make videos full time. Hundred percent. That was yeah. basically the dream right there. Yeah. Right. Um, but from there, I just you know slowly went up to just full recipes. Yeah posting on the YouTube, I was probably doing three full lengths a week, which was yeah. a lot yeah. uh, for recipe videos. Yeah. It's a pain. I'd like to get to that level again. It's just, it's a lot to upkeep. Um, but yeah, from there, just, I kept collabing with different chefs, uh, different TikTok personalities, like the Pasta Queen, for example, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jessica, Sully Jessica. And so uh, I, I mentioned earlier the 4.4 billion views, but let's take like summer is when you probably start getting some traction. What, what were the kind of views you were doing on TikTok and even on YouTube when it comes to your uh, uh, cooking and food content? Uh, she was probably easily 10 million a day. Wow. What? Yeah. Oh, wow. See, this is the thing about TikTok that's interesting. You know, people, I'd say like in the YouTube camp, kind of discount TikTok, mm -hmm. which I can kind of understand why because it's only a 60 second video, but it's somebody watching right yeah you can tell that it it's somebody watching because yeah. when you push them to a call to action like follow my instagram yeah, yeah. It, you'll see it happen like, that's crazy so you know there's people watching yeah, yeah give me an example of that like when you've done a call to action and how many people would follow you on instagram that was crazy i, I forgot what i did to call people to my instagram one day but i grew 100k in a day Dang. on insta uh i mean I don't know if I can do that again. Like, it's not that crazy anymore sure. on TikTok. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it, it was just like something like that just yeah. shows you that the views are pretty valuable too. Oh, so I've been a huge fan of people. Like when people say, hey, how do I grow on YouTube? Because I want to get more subscribers. Right. I always say like, 
well, is there a platform right now that you're kind of killing it on already? Or is there another platform where you can grow? Because if you get a million followers anywhere else, it's much easier to get 100,000 followers on YouTube. And you just like tell me a modern day example of it. That is crazy because that might not have made you a million dollars or even any money. But dude, those Instagram followers are there with you forever. Exactly. And it's a community that you build. I mean, just like Gary Vee says, you know, you go where the eyeballs are too. Yeah. You know, like we have Triller now. Yeah. I'm doing that. That's another new thing. That's um, crazy. So, okay. You're working at Spiceology. Yeah. You're blowing up on TikTok, <laughs> right? Um, tell me about some of the opportunities that you ran into or like some of the things that were just like mind blowing. The thing that's still mind blowing to me is that Forbes thing that okay. they wrote on me the most fun tell me about it because i'm watch. actually not familiar uh it, it was called the most fun chef to watch on tiktok wow i was like on a forbes article yeah, yeah. uh just seeing that because like before i didn't i didn't really think i was uh i i, I guess i just didn't see the level that yeah. i was getting to you know so that just you know made me realize like okay i'm something's working yeah. right so uh just kept going um but I mean, that was in the growth phase because yeah. I don't know if you'd agree, like if you're getting on any new platform, you have to have a growth phase like yeah, where you're just sure. really pumping it like yes. six, eight times a day. Yeah. Well, when- by the way, from my day, six or eight times a week was enough. But like on TikTok, <laughs> it's a whole different ballgame. Talk about that because that's actually really important. Like even yeah. with YouTube shorts right now, like Alex, the guy that hosts a clubhouse room that I like to go in mm-hmm. during the middle of the day, he's like, yeah, three to five shorts a day. I'm like... Well, that's My the gosh. thing, though. I mean, that's easy for, like, the dancers and stuff, yeah, man. Yeah. Sometimes I wish I could just do that <laughs> shit. Because, like, when you're cooking, yeah, that's a recipe each time. I mean, yeah. sometimes you can get away with, like, a little hack. Like, here, wrap a paper towel around chives to the yeah. steak. You know, but it's food, man. Like, you have to have a lot of food to and do you got to eat a lot of food, too, exactly. if you're doing that. Like, I mean, I do a lot of preserves and stuff. Um, so... As a cook, it's it's kind of tough, but you you have to learn your way, you know. Um, do you mind sharing about what were the biggest opportunities in terms of monetization, right? Like, what were the brands that kind of approached you, and what was that like to literally be in a job out of necessity, right? Uh, working with Spiceology yeah. and starting to basically see some light in, in a in a very dark time because obviously 2020 was difficult for a lot of people. It was, but for you, yeah. things kind of turned around pretty quickly. For example, getting a brand deal, which was one TikTok, yeah. which was like double my year salary yeah, as yeah. a chef. Crazy. That that was really eye opening to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And then what what yeah. were you thinking? And when did you start maybe exploring? You know what? Maybe I could do this full time. What was that like? That was uh like kind of scary. What but month? that shoot, um, probably June, July. Wow. Very fast. It yeah. just happened quick from March. But uh, it was just kind of scary to think about that because, like, we're talking about sustainability. Um, That's something I always wonder about, too. Tell us about Spiceology because, you know, like, I know this isn't the only reason you're here. But let's talk about how a job at Spiceology turned into an opportunity to have your own product. Which, I mean, the positioning is so perfect. And what you're doing now, like, what are, like, the biggest things you're um, involved in? 
Well, the salt right here, man. Yeah. I mean, also, I'm just really stoked about these because they're from the Bay Area yeah. here in the Pacific. And so if you got for anybody listening, Spiceology is a spice company and uh, Matt's got his own line of salt. He's kind of known for this gold salt, which is pretty dope. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to using this. But these are your own line of salts, yep. which is your own basically products. How that? How did that even come about? Like, how well, did you transition from employee to basically like somebody with your well, own product it was, line it was when i walked into pete's office he's the uh, the founder yeah and he just asked me about tiktok i was like yeah i know about tiktok i show him my tiktok he's like he's like what the fuck dude like millions of views what's going on here and he just like told genie our head yeah. of marketing like we gotta get on this and that's pretty much where it kind of changed yeah um so now it's it's more of like a partnership yeah and uh I mean, I'm, I'm really stoked to be with them, too. Just yep. They're a great company. They're started by a chef, four yep. chefs. Uh, they also own True Cooks, which is a really great community yep. for chefs. I don't know if you've ever seen them. Uh, Instagram, True Cooks. Uh, but, yeah, it's just a great company. Like, all the people that work there are mainly from, like, food industry. Yeah. So When you first started at Spiceology, did you ever think in a million years – that the dynamic would change so much or that even this would be an opportunity long-term? I didn't think it would happen so fast. Yeah. You kind of had, I mean, I've, I've always been kind of striving towards this, Got it. but I just didn't think it would happen so fast, yeah. but I guess that's, that's what they say, right? Overnight success yeah. basically, but it's like a 10 year overnight success. That's so crazy. Um, so, so, okay. You're making some bank as an influencer. You've got your own <clears throat> product line of salt. You were on a Super Bowl commercial. Um, tell us about the Super Bowl commercial because that's oh. crazy. How did that come about? Because literally that's the way I, I um, yeah. tell people why TikTokers are so significant. How did that even happen? Well, I mean, also you could thank Miley Cyrus because she said she would not do it unless it was on TikTok. Oh, crazy. So that's the reason why the tailgate was on TikTok I and see. only TikTok. Um it was mainly, I was in touch with NFL all year. I was supposed to do a video with them, but it was just kind of weird with Corona and stuff. So we never really did anything. And then they're like, Hey, we want you to make this during the Super Bowl on the live. And that's just how it came about. Yeah. Like I said, it's about creating relationships yeah. with the brands. Yeah. That's why I like to speak to them mainly. Like for example, smart, the potatoes, Idaho potatoes, yeah. like she sent me a picture of her cat, you know, like stuff like that. I like yeah. to talk to people create relationships with people and um that's probably how the nfl thing came about it would probably wouldn't have come about if i wasn't yeah talking with them already um yeah i guess it's right place right time no that's dope yeah. man but the 12 months i mean it's crazy because literally like this month in march last year is when like kind of things got went sideways yeah and so now it's a completely different place for you but I'm sure you would agree, and I just want you to kind of maybe share why the 12 years prior probably set you up for this moment. Like, do you ever think about that? Like people I do. might like look at I'm the last. I'm grateful for it. Exactly, and tell us why that 12 years is so important, and how people can maybe learn from that because they might be going through their own 12 years. Yeah, right it's now. like the dirt and the clouds, you know. Yeah. Uh, basically, being able to cook is the main thing, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I'm sort of grateful to. I mean. It's not to like put down any of the like younger kids that are doing cooking videos and yeah. really successful, but I'm glad that I ate shit for like 10, 12 years yeah. in actual restaurants and learning the craft because I feel like that 
it also gives you an edge, you know, like totally. you'll never run out of ideas. You don't have to like be searching online for recipes and stuff. Um, so that's, that's something that helped me. And also the camera thing, like I started learning how to use a camera, yeah. how to talk to a camera, yeah. how to edit. So when this TikTok craze came along, I just felt like a fish in water. Like it was just a easy opportunity to get into. It was yeah. not something like I had to learn as I went. Yeah. Like most people right now that are getting into it, they're having to learn these things. But for me, it was just simple. Just right. Oh, well, I'll just post my content there. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. When sometimes people want channel audits on Clubhouse mm -hmm. or they're asking me for help on their channel mm -hmm. or they, they, they want to learn how to build their influence. Sometimes they still need to go through their own 12 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can actually relate to this challenge of being a food influencer, but needing to always be learning more stuff, creating more recipes because I don't have that decade in the restaurant industry because I'm learning. Oh, as I mean, a, I'm still learning too. For yeah, sure. Yeah. But like the, I, I actually respect anybody that comes from the, the actual kitchens of restaurants because you and I made this example. I've probably cooked um, pro maybe, maybe 500 steaks in my life. How many steaks do you think you've made? Uh, shit, 30, 40, no, not even, maybe 100 to 200,000. Okay, so uh, 30, 40 is what I was thinking with birds, like breaking down chickens, 30, 40,000 chickens, yeah. but steaks, 100, 200,000. So think about that 100,000 steaks versus my 500. And I do have a steak video, it's done pretty well for myself. But in that 100,000 steaks, it's kind of like, 10,000 hours concept yeah you learn a lot and then seattle all the salmon oh for especially sure especially catering in seattle with the salmon like uh the microsoft events nintendo events like you got those six thousand people events like. yeah and so point i'm trying to make for anybody and it's hard to write about it in youtube secrets talk about it and even in like a 45 minute you conversation exactly you just have to go through it mm -hmm. and um you're still fairly young 28 years old which is crazy because when i see your videos you, you come off much more mature and more older right um but uh but still, you got this whole decade of breaking down chickens, grilling steaks, mm -hmm. and just this experience in the kitchen. Uh, what would be your advice for somebody that's still going through that? And how do they maximize, I guess, that time to get prepared for that moment when they do see the opportunity? I mean, I think the advice is like the advice Byron gave me because he came from the kitchen too, right? It's very simple. It's, it's stupid. Uh, he just told me, don't stop. That's literally it. Yeah. Like you're saying, consistency. So it, whatever platform you decide, just decide on one and stick to it. Stay consistent. And it it should grow. That's that's just the way it works. It's yeah. simple as that. Yeah. I mean, it's not that complicated. Yeah. You know? Um, for sure. I mean, the market will speak for itself, right? Uh, totally. It's like kind of, that's what I love about YouTube and even uh, the other platforms, very democratic. And mm -hmm. if, it, if something's not working, you have to take a harsh look at yourself and of course you don't want to like uh, uh tear yourself down but it it's going to help you it's going to help you understand what you're doing wrong so you find out what you need to do right because mm -hmm. that's that's kind of the and you even said you started your channel in 2011 yeah so i'm sure you had a lot of content that didn't work oh yeah yeah 
And what I guess my last question before we get to the TikTok to YouTube is this. What were the biggest lessons you learned both in the last 12 months and the last basically decade when it comes to social media and creating online content? One of them would probably have to be being social because they are social networks, right? We kind of forget that. Like, you know, we just get used to just posting. But another thing is to actually listen, pay attention. Like, don't forget, like, even if it's 10,000, 100,000, 200,000 people following you, that's that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people to listen to. Yeah. That's your content right there. You're, you're there to please them. It's still the hospitality industry in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just a, it's a different mindset, though. Totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I tell people that creating the content is definitely the most important part of being a content creator. Mm -hmm. Second most important is engagement. People love that connection. This is why live broadcast, I believe this is why Clubhouse right now is blowing up because literally people are listening to us in real time. And that is the closest to in person you can get. And this is why um, you have to have a... a, a, I mean, also there's there's something too, like they might want to go back to your channel and watch this so they can say like, oh, I watch the raw version here's the polished one totally to see how it really worked but know? all all boils down to connection you mm-hmm. know um it, the reason why so many youtubers and i think this is not a great segue this is why so many youtubers stand apart and i know i'm super biased but i would love to know your opinion youtubers stand apart from any other influencers from other platforms because one i've heard it from other influencers like from like instagram right or even tiktok you see a lot of people coming over to youtube would you say there's definitely a difference when you build a YouTube audience and tell us about how you've been able to transition over to YouTube. It's weird though, because YouTube, I was on that first. Yeah, yeah, Just for like sure. Just like Steven on here, he'll tell you. I was talking to him when he was at like 4,000 and now he's blew up to 400, you yeah. know. Uh, I was on that first, so I kind of had to learn to be a TikToker. And now I'm learning to be a YouTuber again. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's weird. But I feel like the TikTok taught me a lot of stuff that I can bring to YouTube. So it makes me a better YouTuber in a sense. Yeah, Um, because this is, I'm so glad you said this mm -hmm. because I've been thinking it for the last, I'd say three months more than any time. And I almost kind of discounted to be frank. I discounted TikTok in this sense, but now I'm realizing the beauty of it. I've had more people tell me I should be on TikTok that aren't even content creators, but they're like blowing up. Uh, I've seen more people grow faster than ever before Mm -hmm. than any other platform. Um, And obviously TikTok is significant, but it's the barrier to entry that makes a big difference. What I mean is this, to create a dope YouTube video, usually you've got to come up with a good idea, right? Or a Mm -hmm. valuable idea. Two, you've got to be able to shoot video, even if it's on your phone. Three, you've got to be able to edit and then upload it in an optimal way, right? There's a lot that you have to think about. And yeah. I basically, I've created a career for myself on video influencers. Sean Cannell has a whole business around that industry. TikTok, it's just your phone. Yeah. You just have the TikTok app. and so Everyone's the, a creator. Everyone's a creator. Yeah. But is that their, is that their tech? Like, I, it should be. It should I be. I keep saying it. Dude. It makes sense though, right? And so this is why YouTube shorts, I guess let's kind of switch directions here. But that is such a good point. You can 
have an easier time creating dope content in 60 seconds than trying to create a six minute video on YouTube. What would you say to that? That's and just how the true thing is it? though, Benji, like for cooks like us, like it's, it's hard to do the 60 second video. Yeah. Like that was the toughest part. And yeah. that's what TikTok taught me as well. It yeah. taught me how to just pack all this stuff in there. So like, these are just tools. We, we go to the new platform, we learn the tools and we take it somewhere else and we become a better creator over time. So like, I'm, you know, I'm glad that there's going to be new things like Triller or who knows what else is going to be after. I'm, I'm ready for it, you know, just so yeah. it'll keep us on our toes and learning, keep it fresh. But uh, it's, it's great to always bring it back to YouTube. For sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. No, I, and like, let's, talk about youtube for a second because i think youtube shorts is kind of a game changer it's huge i feel like that's maybe one of the reasons you and i connected by the way i've been a fan of your content before i knew that you knew me right yeah because well, i've been I'm, a fan of yours yeah <laughs> but um youtube shorts is a conversation that has been a big deal lately and i think it has to do with the fact that there's never been a time and i think this is significant there's never been a time where the three top social apps all have a similar format in terms of content, right? Yeah. YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels, TikTok. At this point, there's just different TV stations, right? Exactly. Like TikTok is probably like MTV yeah. nowadays. It's like yeah. it's like almost like different networks, exactly. right? But it's, you can consume it the exact same way. And as a content creator, you can go to all three. Tell us about getting onto YouTube and then YouTube Shorts, as well as where you see short form video and just YouTube in general the next 12 months. I mean, right now, it's simple if you were already creating these TikToks, because all you have to do is post them. But it's probably not simple if you're creating them on the TikTok app. If you're like me actually filming it, separately yeah. you could just post it without that so you nasty watermark for sure so you're definitely suggesting if you can um if you're just starting out and i do this too edit on some kind of editing software yeah even if you're just on your phone edit on imovie on the iphone or something you know um but right now i'm doing three a day on youtube so three shorts a day and then i'll just stick to one long form a week because i got to keep that long form of course yeah um but i i don't know if that's going to hurt the long form because I haven't seen the separation yet. I don't know what it's going to look like when Shorts is finally launched. Um, I see there's a little Shorts beta icon now. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that. For sure, yeah. Uh, I just don't know what it's going to look like for a channel in the future. But like you're saying, this is huge. It's going to be like early days Facebook, right? Totally. So I, I'm stoked for it. I, I'm soon going to have to start making content for it because I'll run out of TikToks, yeah. right? Um, I don't know what that's going to mean, though. And so It might change. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's here to stay, honestly. And I think YouTube Shorts won't necessarily replace TikTok. It's not going to be like what Instagram stories did to Snapchat. But I do believe they'll take a piece of the pie. Even I don't think they have to take away from TikTok either. It's people on YouTube, like me, for example. Yeah. I never went on TikTok. Literally, like I probably spent three hours on TikTok and that was in one day, right? And I didn't go on TikTok at all in 2020, which is probably opposite of the rest of the world. But I have spent a lot of time on YouTube in 2020 and now I'll consume that content. What are your thoughts there when it comes well, to I that? think YouTube right now is, is kind of beating them in a sense that they have the long form. Um, I tried something new because obviously all the shorts traffic I'm getting is from mobile because it has to be. So I tried something new. I posted a long form like portrait video, 900 by 1600 yeah. format. And that's doing much better than my long form landscape videos. Interesting. So I'm going to 
start doing that. And that's another thing. It, this is YouTube teaching me a new way of posting. So now I, I can do long form still, but it's going to be made for the phone because Crazy. no one, people watch it on the TV sometimes, but everyone's on their phones, right? So make it for the phone. So um, they've been doing well every time I post long form portrait. That I've never ever heard that before. And I was so against vertical videos generally, like when mm -hmm. IGTV came out. But yeah, you're so but right. Can you imagine this? Killing YouTube Shorts right now is 60 seconds. But when people get used to doing vertical yeah. video consumption. So many people on TikTok are mad that there's no three-minute video yet. Oh, so dang. that's where YouTube has the upper hand. Uh, I mean, I'm already making these videos for IGTV and Facebook because, like I said, I'm going hard on Facebook. Yeah. And I don't post any landscape to Facebook or IGTV, mm. only portrait. So I already have these videos, too. So it makes sense. Yeah. Um, they're all monetized on every platform, even yeah. Instagram. So. For sure. Yeah. I know mm -hmm. one video got picked up. It's done like 50,000 views. And that was just like a scrambled eggs That video. was on YouTube Shorts? YouTube Shorts, right? Nice. Like just the most random. Yeah. I, I just like, hey, I feel like making scrambled eggs. Let yeah. me just do a vertical video. It was 31 seconds. And it was 31 seconds because that's how long the editor in Instagram is. I feel like is. that's the sweet spot too. Yeah. Like most of my shorts that are viral are in that range, 30 yeah. second range. Um, but yeah, I'm stoked to post long form portrait videos on there. I'm just curious to see how it does from there. Dang. And yeah. so it's interesting what I was fighting so much, I'd say like four years ago when IGTV came out, me and Sean did like IGTV to, uh, compared to, um, uh, YouTube. And that was one of my kind of like, uh, negative points. I was like, people aren't really going to want to do vertical video and it's because of the TV. Because mm -hmm. the way the TV hangs. Mm -hmm. I saw this technology where the TV will now turn. Yeah. It'll it like yeah. it will go vertical will. for when you want to watch that. Yeah. Now that's crazy. I guess one thing that's interesting about talking to you is uh I mean it's not like we're too far off, but I feel like you're part of a generation that I don't I, I don't quite understand. And you really think that vertical videos are gonna be more significant than just like these shorts. I do. Uh, what's the generation called? Generation Z? Yeah, yeah. I, I think they're definitely just watching on the phones. So that's why I'm, I'm jumping on that for sure. I mean, maybe my generation still watches on TV, like yeah. millennials and stuff, because we grew up with that. But I think the new generation is definitely just all about the phone. Huh. Yeah. Wow, you just blew my <laughs> mind. I was not expecting that. I knew where you're gonna drop some gold nuggets, but that some I gold mean salt. for literally any <laughs> for gold. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna uh, definitely cut to this in a second. But what are your pieces of advice for somebody starting? I guess we'll, let's stick with the short form vertical video. Um, if they're just getting into it, whether it's for food or anything, what's like your top three or five tips for creating content so that you can start start, you know, mm -hmm. getting in front of people, building influence and maybe getting towards, you know, doing this as a lifestyle? Yeah. Um, first, you want to define what you're good at, what your strengths are. Like you might not be a visual person. You might be a talker. So you could just talk to the camera directly, do a podcast, or maybe you're a writer, just start a blog. I, I feel like there's just so much options nowadays, you yeah. know. But if you're going to start content uh, like short form, I would just say you got to get the reps in as much as possible because you're going to suck in the beginning unless you're very good at talking to a camera yeah. for some reason. Uh, 
yeah, you just got to start talking to that cameraman. Yeah. Like that there's really nothing else to it. You got to get the reps in. Got it. Just like when you're cooking a new dish, it's yep. going to get better over time. Yeah. Once you keep getting those reps. I love all these references to food. Okay. So putting in a lot of reps, right? Like yeah. getting started. What are some like, uh, kind of like shortcuts or hacks or just best practices that you would say like generally would work for most pieces of content, vertical, short form video. Also repurposing for multiple yeah, platforms. Smart. So like now when I film, I film vertical and that is going to be a long video for IGTV and I can cut that down to a TikTok, and, you know, I can even maybe post a landscape or something to like YouTube or whatever. Like you just find ways to repurpose that one piece for everything. So try to repurpose as much as possible. Keep all the other platforms in mind when you're filming. So you want to keep the other platforms in mind. Like, okay, I'm filming for an IGTV right now, so this is long, but let me think of how I would say one cup of flour for TikTok instead of, you know, saying I'm using, say, uh, King Arthur's flour, just one cup of that. Yeah. On TikTok, it's going to be like one cup of flour. Yeah, you're yeah, just going to yeah. say that one thing so you can cut it. So just remember to keep that in mind when you're filming. Yeah, simplify it. Yeah, keep, keep the platforms in mind while you're making it. That's what Got I would it. say. Yeah. Anything else that you can think of that, like if you were starting over, that you would do differently now or that you know would help you grow faster? Uh, consistency, yeah. for damn sure. Yeah. And, uh, and does the consistency, is it whether just... It's like 11 a.m. on Tuesday once a week or 11 a.m. every day. And why is consistency important? Uh, well, not only for yourself to get that workflow going yeah. and the reps, but also the algorithm. It it's like somehow rewards the people that stay consistent every time. I don't know why, yeah, but that's even what YouTube tells me. They know like Wednesdays, Fridays, Matt has a video coming out this day and they expect it, you know? And if you just kind of start flaking, they don't really come back anymore. They don't expect it. You, you know, like I said, it's about pleasing the people. It's still the hospitality yeah. industry in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, psh, Matt, I feel like we covered a lot of stuff here. <laughs> um, I just want to uh, note that we're going to use this spiceology. We're going to make some steaks. Huh? Yeah, we're going to make some steaks. Tell me about the this salt, why everybody should uh, pick this up. Well, I mean, you should be seasoning your food. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. That's, that's one of the main things. And but flake salt, that's something that uh, we use a lot in restaurants, and it's making its way into home cooks' kitchens right now because it's being popularized. Um, by the way, can I have these? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, cool. I brought them for you. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm just about to open them yeah, up. Yeah, you know, know mainly we use them for finishing, but um, I was, I'm just showing new ways to use them too. Like the other day, I brined uh, chicken with it, like a, a little dry brine. And so tell us about the three different kinds of salt. So we've got the one you're opening there, the gold one that everyone's been waiting for, the golden turmeric which is kind of like a play on mm. the golden milk. Oh my gosh, you could almost eat this like yeah. by itself. And then there's the Himalayan flake. I mean, everyone knows that Himalayan, well, I don't know if sure. everyone does, but Himalayan's good for you. It's got it's good nutrients. It's the pink nutrients. salt, basically. Yeah, uh, this is the only flaked Himalayan on the market. Cool. I didn't know that when we were doing it, Yeah. but we're the only ones to have flaked Himalayan. Yeah. And then we've just got regular. Um, once this box is out, it's out. I'm yeah. designing a new box currently. Uh, I'm really stoked for it. It's going to be a Szechuan salt. Well, this is awesome. Thank you so much for this. Thank you for your time, Matt. Um, wh what would be like the last things that you want to share with the audience? I mean, if if you stick to it, you'll you'll get there. 
like that's what I did. I just stuck to it. I kept posting. But uh, one of the main things is like something you learn in the kitchen is just to be humble. If you act like you know everything, you, you're not going to learn. You're not going to get there. So yeah. it's just being humble is one of the main things. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and this is why I love Clubhouse. This is why I love interviewing people because uh, I'm trying to share information, but I'm learning as I actually interview people, and I learned a crazy amount. So thank you, Matt. Uh, we'll Thanks for having me, Ben. Yeah, we'll put all the uh, links to Matt's salt in the show notes as well as where you can find them on social media. Um, how can What's the easiest way for people to find you? Uh, it's a cook named Matt on everything. There you go. And yeah. then Spiceology is where you can get his salt. I'm guessing it's be like front page on there. Yeah. And there's also a link in my bio and everything. Or you could just like Google Spiceology and a cook named Matt. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. And you guys, if you want to get more information like this and check out future interviews, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and we'll talk to you later. Thank you for hanging out with us. We look forward to sharing even more conversations with you from inside the Influencer Green Room.